Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to hear between me and another comedian regarding comedy and religion. These are conversations I'm calling disorganized religion. God bless, and for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Two months in. Two months? Yeah, I I'm struggling. It. It's not looking so. It's, it's not, not good. So good. It's not good. Believe in it. Be patient. <laughs> I'm get trying. A brush. Yeah. You have a brush? I don't. You should get a brush. That's I need what to. My barber recommended. Oh, there Another you go. People I know with good facial hair recommended it. <laughs> yeah. They're like just yeah, brush yeah. it out. You a wax man? Do you wax? I do wax. With the wax? Yeah. Ah. I do it. It helps it look fuller. Mm, Especially when it's real skinny. Really invest. Yeah, in a lot of wax. Though you should get a little bit. There's, uh, yeah. yeah, I got some. It smell and it smells nice too. It's got oh, some yeah. cedar oh. oil in there. How manly! It's yeah. very. I think it's got a lumberjack on the uh, on the top of the tin. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. That's amazing. That's fun. I like that a lot. I'll, uh, we can exchange notes then. I'll I'll get some of this. Yeah, sure. Wax. I just bought some mustache scissors yeah. today. I'm so really, why that's did you how deep I'm leaning into this? Why did you start growing it? <laughs> why? Yeah. Uh, realistically, I mean, the answer I tell everybody is out of boredom. Okay. And people kind mm. of are like, oh, okay, and that that's just enough to get people off my back about it. <laughs> yeah. It's mostly sure. just because, like, I who cares? I don't right. know. It's it's not like I'm in a place where I. I I kind of you know I don't need it for like a look or anything. Right. I have. There's no role in the works. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like if I'm not like auditioning for things mm-hmm. where people are like, well, how you know we need you to keep that mustache so that way you yeah. look right. integral, more villainous. That. Though I did have an agent tell me if you want to try and make it now in this town, you have to uh, be ex- be willing to accept that. If you're a white guy, you're going to play a lot of villainous roles for a couple yeah. of years. Hey. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'll lean into that. I'll take yeah, it. I'm going for serial killer, personally. There you that's go. That's the look I really want to hone in on. You can on. cultivate that. I feel like I if, you, if you slick the hair back more all right. the way instead of yeah, doing yeah. the little swoop, if right. you go like a full... Yeah, swoop says Mormon. The slick back says evil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just... Yeah, I, was, I really was just like, I just want to change things up a little bit. Yeah. And oh, I know I fun. can't grow a full beard. It gets right. too patchy on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, Does it not connect here? Is that the... No. Or just mean no cheek? It, it doesn't get really... The cheeks, no, and then, like, underneath. Yeah. yeah. Like, right where it would be. Yeah. I could do, like, a chin strap, sort of, yeah. if I wanted to, but I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> that's that. Yeah. yeah no, that's the problem I face idea. as well. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. I, do, you, uh, do you intend to do, like, a full mustache and goatee, or are you just trying to do... No, just the, stash? just the stash for now. Okay. Um, Can I tell yeah. you one other piece of advice that Please. somebody told me? Another another mustachioed man was to grow it all out at once, right, and then and shave then it down. shave it down. Yeah, because it's less jarring if you're just <laughs> if you're growing everything than if you're just growing the mustache. Oh, believe me, I know. I let it go for this. <laughs> like I shaved, you know, a few days ago, and this is what happened. Yep. So this is what we're left with. I'm. I, I'm it looks growing less creepy than about a week ago. Does that it? Does it? Oh, yeah. good. It's filling in. <laughs> Man. You know, we'll see how I this don't goes. feel like you're going to touch me. <laughs> in- inappropriately. It, yeah. looks like yeah, you're yeah, putting, yeah. it looks like you're putting effort into it. We're trying. So that's good. I it mean, good. you know, yeah. as much effort as I do into anything else. Um, but yeah, I'm growing it because my wife wanted me to. Really? Yeah. She thought this might be fun. Why don't okay. you try growing a mustache? That's always the thing when you're in a relationship. The the question I've gotten even from people who don't like the mustache, they're like, does yeah. your girlfriend like it? I'm like, yeah. And she, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. then you're good. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. My wife is tolerating it. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> led to this new theory I have about how my wife is getting me to a point where she will have sex with me barely. 
you know, and like <laughs> and knows that no other woman would. Oh, right? okay. Like she wants that to that point. You're getting transitioned into the phase where you're unfuckable to everybody else. Exactly. And only kind of to her. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha. That's a state. How long have you guys been together for? Uh, nine years. Yeah, that sounds like that's a, right around that time of the relationship. Yeah. It's life role play. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We're having yeah. fun now. Instead of you guys going to meet up at a bar, you have like a name tag on. You just yeah. look like you'd actually look like a different person. Yeah, and exactly. Then it gets the job done. Yeah, and feel a little differently too. So it, the mustache gives a different energy. Yeah, it sh- people uh, people kind of approach you differently when you have a mustache, <laughs> or not at all. In my case, yeah, uh, it's perfect. Have you had anybody not recognize you? I mean, uh, it's pretty. No. It's pretty early on. Yeah, so I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty light. Honestly, people are like. They recognize me, and then they get close, and then they're like, oh, so. <laughs> Are you growing something? I had, yeah, yeah I've, so been, I've been there. Now yeah. I'm at, now it's, for me, it's in a phase where I have put enough hair <laughs> in my face. Sure. Where people are like, oh, okay. you so you're going with that, huh? <laughs> you're committed now. Or they don't recognize me. Oh, interesting. And I don't even, and then they sometimes... If it's somebody who I it, it really opens up for if it's like somebody I want to talk to yeah. versus somebody who I don't want to talk to. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Because if it's somebody yeah. I want to talk to, it'll be like, oh, hey. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't recognize you with a mustache. And then if it's somebody I don't want to talk to, they just walk on by. Yeah. And it's great. It's a perfect filter. Yeah. That's great. Through life Groucho Marx glasses. It, yeah. <laughs> that's nice. Well, welcome. Uh, this was the Beard and Mustache Podcast. We're <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by Barbasol <laughs> yeah. and yep. Harry's subscription service. Brute. And yep. Brute aftershave. Anyhow. You're joining us on Disorganized Religion. I'm your host, Seth Lawrence, as always. We got the disembodied voice of Travis Clyburn. Peace be with you. <laughs> now, that's and good. also with you. And the force. <laughs> he usually goes with something much more blasphemous. I know. So this is good. I'm We're starting out nice slow this year. After I did your clean show, the old pe- Christian people <laughs> hated me. I uh... they didn't really hate you. I know, but they didn't like me. Well, I think they were just shocked. I mean, they liked everything else. They were fine with me being a fat redneck lesbian. But of they, course, uh... that's like that was music to their ears. I, you know what it was? It was the first time I'd run into a crowd that were like. What's wrong with being Pentecostal? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know you people came to comedy yeah, shows. That's yeah, why I've yeah. been talking mad shit about all of you. <laughs> oh, man. For years. <laughs> I think you well, got to perform for the right religious crowds. Yeah. Go to Arkansas. They're, way, they're oh. totally down. Right. Oh, yeah, they don't yeah. give a shit. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like trying to diversify Travis's repertoire of <laughs> audience members that he gets along with. Anyhow, I am so excited for our guest today. You've heard now all about his mustache. Uh, but he does a lot of stuff at the store. You're very well known in the roast battle world. Uh, you perform all over the place. So I, I welcome, do. welcome Jay Light Hi. to the podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, I'm all excited. So I'm pet a dog and talk about uh, talk about God. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll start with comedy first because that's a more approachable subject. Mm-hmm. I feel like what got? How long have you been doing it? I've been doing comedy for a little bit more than nine years. Oh, nice. Yep. And what got you started? I I had a friend of mine in high school who we were, I was a theater kid in high school. And so there was my senior year, a bunch of us went on a class trip to New York, you know, go see Broadway shows sure. and sort of just fuck around in the city and yeah. be 18, 17 year olds in the city for a minute. Yeah. And he bought the comedy Bible. 
Oh. See, God and religion. Hey. There you go. Uh, there you go. Uh, on Easter, actually. Wow. How fitting. Look at him. I went to, I literally, I went to church and he went to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> this is back when I was religious, not to mix the two worlds. Yeah. Um, he went and got the comedy Bible by Judy Carter. And it said that he should have a comedy buddy to write jokes with. Ah, uh, sure. And so oh, I yeah. volunteered. Because yeah. I had never thought about stand-up as, like, an option, like yeah. a hobby or anything, even. I was a fan of stand-up. I, mm-hmm. you know, I was the kind of kid who, like, stayed up late watching Comedy Central, super late at night, watching a lot of, like, shorties watching shorties, right, and right. Insomniac, mm-hmm. and turning the volume way down when the uh, Girls Gone Wild commercials <laughs> would come on. Right, right. You can always right. have to tell. They got the steel drum music. And you don't need the music anyway. And no, that was really that's the not era of yeah. uh, the, comedy, the 30-minute Comedy Central Presents were just firing out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Shit. I had yeah, so little friends in middle school, and I just watched yeah. so many of those on <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights yeah, instead of going same. out to the mall with my, with my friends. <laughs> right. So that was, yeah, so I was very interested, and I really liked yeah. comedy and stand-up from a relatively young age, but I just never but as thought a consumer. about it. Yeah, yeah, as a consumer. I never yeah. thought about it as a, as a performer, producer of it. Right. So then when he said, oh, I need a comedy buddy, I was like, cool, this sounds good. Let's do that. And yeah. I uh, continued with it, and and he uh, is a car salesman now. <laughs> <laughs> Super funny, great dude. Does he also have a mustache? I hope he does. He has Let's a full goatee. Oh, there you of go. Course, I yeah. saw him. Uh, I saw Excellent. him recently. He yeah. he's he's great. He still is a, one of the sharpest comedy minds I I've ever known. Stand up just wasn't for him. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's a, you know comedy in comedy people. We got it. To, everybody kind of takes a different form. Right. Yeah. Everybody sort of follows their own thing. Yeah. I do thank- feel like though a full goatee is I've given up on dreams. You know what I mean? <laughs> really? One yeah. I have an older brother. He's got a goatee. I know what he's about. You know what I mean? <laughs> Once you go the full goatee, you're like that's it. No, it's the I'm, circle of sadness. I'm, I have a job. I'm never leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Pentagon of responsibility. There you go. <laughs> exactly. I gotta make. I gotta make money with this mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not in the Hollywood way. <laughs> in the good, honest way. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Selling, selling cars. Oh um, my goodness. So I, yeah. So I mean, we were in college, and we were we went to school in different states. He went to. Uh, school in Cincinnati, Ohio. I went to school in this yeah. little town mm-hmm. in North Carolina. Where'd you go? I went to Elon University. Oh, okay. And yeah. that is right in the middle of the state, so I could yep. go to, like, Greensboro, Raleigh-Durham. Yeah. And we would basically, like, we would Skype every week and talk about whatever new jokes we were working on and, and workshop shit and run ideas. Yeah. Then we both moved to L.A. at about the same time. Hmm. And I started working at Flappers. Yeah. For Flappers. Like, yeah, that I worked good old over there. Katie just sure. got a job at Flappers, so she's... Oh, she oh. did? Is she serving? No, she's doing office work and then box office stuff. Ooh, nice. Okay. Floating her. That's, I did the hey. box office. Yeah, I was yeah. I was box office manager for a minute. Oh, yeah. snap. And then I uh, started working at the comedy store right after that. And then nice. I was involved in Roast Battle from yeah. almost the beginning. Nice. And uh, it's just been a good it's been a good run. It's yeah. Been a good nine some something years. Oh, that's cool. So how yeah. did you get into the comedy store? How did you start working there? I so I mean the the first I'd never even heard of the comedy store before I moved to LA. I started listening to old WTF episodes on my drive over from North Carolina. Yeah. And and you know, Marin talks about the store a lot, and I li- I wound up listening to a lot of episodes with old store people, so mm. like Don Barris and Kevin Christie oh, yeah. um, were the two ones that I like absolutely remember. And he has 
it was, he just the way he painted the picture of the place. It was like, oh, this sounds interesting, right? And I went and checked it out when I moved here, and I just felt it's the kind of feeling that like you feel drawn to it, yeah, you know. And it's yeah. this, and I um, I wanted to work there, but I was also very intimidated by it, right? I just kind of lucked into being in the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. I had been working at Flappers for a little while. I'd been looking for a way out. Mm-hmm. It just the I just wasn't having a good time at the job anymore. Sure, and somebody who I had met, I because the door guys from the store would come and do the mic, and we got to know each other. They're like, "Oh yeah, you're door guy here, and yeah. you're from Dallas. I'm from Dallas. Blah blah." blah and we have your conversations or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I started to go to Potluck because I had Mondays off, and then Roast Battle was a thing that was just getting started, and Frank Castillo, who's one of my best friends, was mm-hmm. hanging out at Flappers, and then he was like, hey, you should come I help out with this open mic, and then there's this, like, Roast Battle thing that happens at midnight. Nice. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll come to that. Yeah. And I was hanging out there, but not as an employee, and then... Time just kind of worked out. Somebody was like, hey, we had a couple people quit. They're looking for door guys. Do you want to be a door guy? Yeah. I was like, yeah. And I auditioned for uh, Tommy, who was the booker at the time. And he hired me uh, the day after I put in my two weeks at Flappers. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. I I was the last person he ever hired. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So I got that dubious honor. Yeah. There you go. That's cool. Yeah. So where was your first open mic? Was that in North Carolina? Yes, first open mic was my freshman year of college. Yeah. I uh if any of you are math heads out there listening to the podcast, you'll know that that may be that is actually 11 years ago, but I don't count those first 2 years cuz they're pretty much a wash. Yeah. Um but the first open mic I ever did was a fr- my freshman year of college. I did a a mixed mic cuz okay. there's a, a it wasn't really a mixed mic, and there was nobody else doing stand-up at it. Sure. It was mostly just, like, people playing terrible acoustic covers of songs. Uh-huh. Oh, was it, like, a cafe or something like that? It was, was at a bar. On campus? Oh, at an on-campus word. bar, exactly. Yeah. So it wasn't a cool bar. It was, yeah. It was you know, the campus owned it. Sure. So, sure. very It wasn't lame. a good night's, in other words. No, Up it was not Raleigh. a good night's, yeah. unfortunately. Gotcha. But I yeah. did, uh, yeah, I, I did that. I did... I think I did 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And it wasn't terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. But that's all that really matters. I mean, I bombed right. so many times <laughs> in the, like, imme- like I think I, that first time I did well, the second time I did well, and then, like, the next seven times after that. <laughs> yeah. Just eating shit. Yeah, sure. All over North Carolina. <laughs> Was it an overconfidence thing, do you think, after the first two going moderately well? Third time went in, just like, ah, I got this. No, or... I think, well, because the thing with the third one was, the third one went so bad that it made me scared oh, again yeah. after being the after being confident. Uh-huh. And I sure. was not, you know, at the time, I didn't have a car in, in North Carolina, so mm-hmm. I couldn't really drive to go do anything off campus. Yeah. It's a great mass transit state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know how they have that hell <laughs> of North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Everybody's taking the subway everywhere. Oh yeah, but we had by nothing. There, you know, it's a it's a desert. The where yeah. I was a, yeah. a, a, a cultural desert, and I even I I had an internship in North uh, in North Carolina in New York City. Uh huh. My sophomore year, and I still even though I I would look up mics like every day, and I never did any of them. I was just yeah. too afraid. Yeah. And then interesting. By the time I got a car my junior year, 
I was uh-huh. like, all right, I'm going to actually like try and do this yeah. as a thing. And so I drove around and I would go, you know, hit a mic every week or every couple weeks and I'd start getting booked on shows and stuff. So it just kind of grew from there. It's like yeah. this is something that I'm I, – I could be good at. Yeah. And I like it a lot. Yeah. And I also was super – like I was in a good position in school because I didn't have to take – a crazy course load. Uh-huh. I just had like a lot of credits from high school that had transferred over. Oh, nice. So I was just like, I can just, pre- I can basically just take the bare minimum and skate by. <laughs> yeah. And, and still have time to like write material and go up. Yeah. I was also the host of my game show. So at, oh. at, on campus, we had a TV station. So I was the game show host. So I was oh, also fun. Like, awesome. <laughs> trying to write dumb, you know, just dumb performancey shit there. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah. And then once people found out that I was a stand up. In the barest sense of it, at least. Sure. On campus, people are like, oh, yeah, come do this frat party show. Come do huh. this show at the student union. Come yeah. uh, tell jokes at this, like, weird charity event. That kind of stuff would happen. Interesting. I was doing stand-up at a frat house. What's yeah. that like? Jeez, it's it be. depends. Uh, it's good if they like you, if they're in the same <laughs> frat as you. And right. if they're not in the same frat as you, then they don't laugh and right. heckle you the whole time, and you have no choice but to oh, just keep Jesus. performing. And take it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So what drew you to stand-up then? Why Why did you feel like, what you like that was the it? thing? Yeah. yeah. I just liked it. Yeah. I can't I – don't, I don't know if I could really put something on it other than I. I really like the – I really like that there's no one there to save you. Uh-huh. I kind of right. I kind of like that it's all on yeah. you. I like that you have to do it 100% yourself basically. Yeah. Um of course, you know, you you get help and you and people will like, you know, you write with people or people well, behind tag the your scenes jokes behind help. the scenes. But yeah. on stage it's just you. Yeah. And you don't have yeah. it's just you in the crowd and it's yeah. the most stripped down version of of comedy, I think. Yeah. Because there's no artifice there necessarily. Sure. I mean, you can perform with artifice. You can be a character and have, like, something up. Yeah. Uh, of being a, a persona on stage as you, like, figure out your voice or whatever it is. Right. But there really is no wall in the way that, like, sketch or improv has a wall. Yeah. And I like writing, too. Ooh. Like, right now I have I've, – I've started to – break into doing some television writing a little bit mm-hmm. and that's fun but it's just not as satisfying seeing somebody else do a joke <laughs> that you wrote as it is yeah. doing a joke that you wrote and getting the laughs yourself yeah, yeah i'm yeah. selfish that's the that's the biggest reason i got well, sure i'm just i'm just a selfish uh, well, narcissist you know if you're gonna have stuff doing improv yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but if you're gonna put in the work to writing a joke I it would kill me to watch someone else do it because inevitably I would think they're butchering it. Why are they doing it that way? That does kill me when that happens. Yeah, but it, I mean, you're also getting paid for that to happen. Well, sure. So it just kind of it really takes ever, the sting away. But yeah. for the art, <laughs> you ever watch? Uh, you, ever, you ever watch <laughs> Mad Men? I did not watch it. There's this great scene in like I, I think it's in like the third or the fourth season. There's this episode where Don Draper 
gets into an argument with Elizabeth Moss's uh, Peggy, I think is her name. Fuck, it's been so Peggy. long since I've seen that show. Peggy, Peggy. thank you. <laughs> we got so Don and Peggy yeah. are working late one night at the office, and they have this whole crazy argument that sort of stretches out the whole episode, and it culminates in like this screaming match of Peggy being like, you don't appreciate me for what I do. Mm. And Don says, that's what the money is for. <laughs> and I never understood what that scene meant until I started working as a television writer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. You just, have to, you just have to accept it. Yeah, that's part of it. Right, that's, that's, part, that's part of it. That's what the money's for. There you go. There you go. So you grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm. So what religion did you come from in Texas? I grew up mostly Presbyterian Christian. Okay. Uh, PCUSA. Oh. I didn't know that there were multiple Presbyterian branches. Yeah. Apparently I, there are. So what are the key tenets to Presbyterianism? What separates that from Pentecostal or? Uh, it's not as intense. Uh-huh. I grew up around a lot of of the more hardcore versions of Christianity. There's a mm. lot of, there's a Pentecostal religion, uh, Pentecostal Christians. There's a lot of Baptist, a lot yeah. of Southern Baptist. Ooh, yeah. um, a lot of sort of the, like the non-denominational evangelical Christianity right. really right. took a hold in, in my hometown, at least mm. there's tons of mega churches, you know, yeah. Joel Osteen is sort of like the guy of, that epitomizes what like non-denominational right. megachurch kind of preaching is. Yeah, and he's got the biggest megachurch, right? Yeah, is that yeah, why yeah, he's yeah. so? But there's just smaller versions of that dotted all uh, around. We went to Apex and Dayton. Yep, things enormous. It's yeah. What's it called? Impact. It's called Apex. 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 Right, that's yeah. another. That's a good it's a one. Fitting name. That's a fitting name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah we had it's like the biggest building I've ever seen. Of Gateway course. was a big one. Uh huh. Um, there was. Oh man, I think Compass is one. Of course. Nice. Yeah. It's guiding. Nice. You. Of course, it's guiding. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. It's guiding you. They <laughs> also have. Yeah, we could guess a bunch yeah. of them. I, I'm thinking. Yeah, we could probably do like a bingo card if you drive <laughs> yeah. through enough towns yeah, in the yeah, south, yeah, like yeah. see all the church names. But yeah, so what sets Presbyterian uh, Presbyterianism apart is it's a branch off of Calvinism, and it's basically a very rules-oriented version and mm. like rules and process. Uh-huh. So there's like different leadership positions within the church that sort of it's like it kind of operates in like checks and balances, mm. and then it's not as intense about like overtly at least. Some of the stuff that like Baptist and Pentecostal and even sort of the non-denominational evangelical stuff is with uh, social issues as far okay. as things like gotcha. like abortion, abortion, LGBT, yeah, all yeah. of that stuff. It's not really something that you talk about. Like okay. I never came; it never came up in my like Sunday school classes or anything. Sure. So they yeah. don't even preach like anti that? No. Interesting. They just pretend like it doesn't exist. Yeah, they just kind of they just ignore it, right? Yeah. yeah. What a modern Christian way to be. <laughs> it's kind of, yeah. But, we, so, we know Kevin's gay, but uh, he's right, fine. Don't, we're he's not going to say anything about it. He's fine. He can still come to the potlucks on Wednesdays. He can bring it through, mate. Makes a mean pie. Mm. <laughs> But it's very much, to that end, it's also a really, it it kind of feels detached almost. From, from just society? Not from society, or, but just sort of from, like, emotions. Okay. In a way, I feel like there was a lot of stuff that happened when I was growing up, in, in particularly in this series of churches that I went to, where, like, stuff would happen, but we didn't really know how to address it right. We mm-hmm. would sort of address it from, like, a very just, like, cut and dry sort of right. 
what's the best, uh, like compartmentalization of mm-hmm. issues at least. Right. Like, I remember we, my parents left the Presbyterian church. Oh, okay. And we went to, started going to a Methodist mega church kind of yeah. vibe. I was going to say, rule-oriented. Yeah. Yeah. But, but rule-oriented, and then Methodism is also rule-oriented, yeah. but it's more overt, like, no, we don't fuck with the gays. Right. <laughs> right. Abort. So they sort of doubled down. Right. By I think going. they needed a little bit more of that. Yeah. Which, you know, to each their own. Sure. Um, sure. But I remember that one of the last things we ever did in the Presbyterian church that we were going to, I was a big youth group kid. Okay. And there was a kid in my youth group who killed himself. Oh, man. And we Did were, you know him well? Yeah, he yeah. was a friend, yeah. but he moved schools from the one that was close to where we were. He started going to like a math and science magnet in the actual city of Dallas. Uh huh. And so he just kind of didn't. We we just didn't see him anymore. Yeah. And then uh, we found out he had committed suicide. We were like fourteen years old, man. And we just didn't Jeez. really know how to process it. Sure. And nobody really brought it up because here's the other thing, I brought up. Earlier in my, like, faith journey with, with this church. Yeah. You have to do, like, when you become a member of a church, you got to profess your faith, right? Sure. And so well, when I was going through my profession of faith. Yeah. What age does this happen? I was in, 12. Okay. And I say middle school is usually when they. Yeah. Middle school. So like seventh yep. grade, you know. And I had a, uh, I had had a, a suicide attempt. Oh. Not, I didn't go, like, it's, it's pretty lax as far as, as like I didn't take a bunch of pills and do anything. Yeah. But I had been I was you know, I was in a dark place. I was getting yep. bullied a lot in school. Yeah. Um I felt sort of disconnected from like the friend group of the people in youth group and I was just in a really bad place. Yeah. And I had I remember this. I had a I got a belt and I put it around my neck and I was Man. like, oh I'm gonna go I'm gonna find a place to hang myself wow. in my house. You joke about it as Advil, if I recall right. Uh, I think or no, 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 no. That's somebody else. That's somebody else. You might be thinking so of many, uh, so many. Might be thinking of Tom attempts. Goss. Uh, no, I'm not thinking of Tom. Bleep Goss. that name out. We're not <laughs> thinking about anybody else. Um, because I know Tom has tried to kill himself with Advil. I think, but anyway, yeah. but yeah, but I okay. took it. Yeah, and I was like so you had ready to go. Yeah, and then man, I heard what I was like. Something said, "Don't do it." And so I told that story as like a profession of faith because I understood that to be like the voice of God. Sure. Right? right. Sure. So I told that story and like nobody because reacted. Because it was. Yeah, no, go on. But that's yeah. the other thing too. It's like no one reacted. No one reacted when I told the story. Interesting. And it was very strange because I, and this I recognize also is like super fucking like selfish and entitled. It's like, why aren't you guys reacting to my story about wanting to kill myself and God <laughs> stopping me? Yeah, but I mean. This is pretty fucking cool, right, guys? Yeah. But it's, but that's the thing. It's like, I'm a snotty preteen hormonal. I'm going through all the shit. So, of course, this is going to be the thing that like starts me feeling weird. Yeah. But I feel like when that happened where, where my friend committed suicide later on. Mm. It's the same kind of thing where, like, everybody's obviously very sad. Right. Right. And people, you know, we had, like, a, a memorial service, and uh, and all of that was very, it was a very sad, somber time. And my mom still didn't want to go to it because she didn't like the way that pastor preached. Oh, and she didn't think that it would be. And she was actually, I think she surprised herself because um, huh. he, the, the pastor gave a really good sermon. Yeah. Uh, I guess is the is that the right word for it? Is it a sermon, sermon at a funeral? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Sermon I eulogy. 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 That's more about the person who died. That's true. Though. 
he is this sermon anytime a pastor's preaching speaks, gospel? Thing? I think so. Yeah. I think so. But yeah. he, but he, an address. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had, yeah, he had on his dress, and yeah. he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was talking about. But he said he was like, "There's a lot of people across like different uh, in Christianity who will say that like suicide is is yeah, he's uh, going to hell. He's going to hell, right? And I think that." It is uh, wrong from a moral perspective for to, to believe in a God that will judge somebody based off of their final act, if, uh-huh. especially if it's an act that came out of like pain. Yeah, and so that's what we, he preached. That's what he preached. Got it. And so we were Actually both. Sounds incredibly reasonable. I mean, it was, and that's yeah. the Presbyterians are largely pretty reasonable. Sure. And so we both were like, I was like, that's great, and my that's mom fine. was like, that's. Wrong. My mom was like, he did it right. Oh, okay. <laughs> my mom was very happy about that. Yeah. Or I mean, as happy as you can be when you're talking about a 14 year old killing themselves. <laughs> but sure. you, get, you know, you get the gist. Yeah. But we yeah, started yeah. after that around that time going to this big Methodist mega church. Uh-huh. I was feeling more disconnected from that anyway. I was starting to hang out with the different people at my school and feeling more in the theatery crowd and less in the churchy crowd. Yeah. And I sort of started to like split and like my mom didn't make me go to church mm-hmm. every week anymore mm-hmm. and just kind of fell out from there. Sure. Um but that like there's still times when it comes back like I can probably guess that my so there's going to be somebody in my family, probably my mom, who might listen to this podcast episode oh. and be like, why are you talking about God and religion <laughs> right. and stuff? Yeah. And bringing me into that. And it's, it's the thing. It's like it's not – I'm not doing it to like denigrate you or like make anybody upset. Yeah. It's just I'm saying what happened. Yeah. I'm saying my own experience. Well, I don't get the sense, Mrs. Light, that – you Thank are you. blaming her Thank you, or anyone else. It sounds like no circumstances. It's circumstances, and ultimately, this is this is the thing that like where I'm at now is like I have come to a position in my own life, yeah, where I don't ascribe to like a specific religion necessarily, yeah, yeah. but I have achieved a spiritual growth that was something that I had shunned and thought wasn't a necessary part of my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I attribute some of that to working a 12 step program Uh for, for being sober, which I have a little bit about four and a half years. Um, those are congratulations. Thank you. Those are all big spiritual things, but like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that like I had thrown around earlier. Like I didn't even want anything to do with that because I thought that that was going to be the thing that got me. Like I had friends of mine who were like hardcore atheist agnostics. Yeah. And sinners like exactly (laughs) going to hell devils. Yeah. Reasonable friends. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. It's like, I, I, yeah, I, it was, I was just trying, I just wanted people to like me and I just wanted to be cool and and fit in. Yeah. And so I just was at that point, like, I always sort of felt like I would be, even before I was like cognizant of the role that religion was having in my life and be in, in that set of beliefs. I always just wanted to be the cool kid. I sure. always just wanted people to like me. And I, that led me to doing bad things uh, to myself uh, where I'd like put myself right. in bad situations right. with people who were not actually my friends. Uh-huh. Right. So yeah, in the fight against 
those beliefs and the and the backlash personally that I went through and sort of that like the spiritual and emotional whiplash of all that that led me to continue to to behave like that yeah and act in a way where I'm not being the like the version of myself that is the most true yeah right? yeah 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 sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. especially I mean we're comics. We're people pleasers. Sometimes it's hard yes. not to want to make people happy, even if they suck. Which yeah. is interesting, though, because I think a lot of comedians need to say what is not popular. Yeah. Right? I mean, isn't I, that inherently kind of to make your other comic friends happy? Uh, see, that's... Way? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe. That's, I never agree with... Those. I've heard people get on stage and say they think stand-up is the most selfish thing you can do. And I'm like, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think sometimes it's the most selfless thing. Because you're almost like, hey... I'm great. Be my friend. Hell. Yeah. Well, stand up. Stand up. Kind of is. It, uh, it's interesting since I've had this sort of like different approach to spirituality and not come from it from a place of like a specific religious. Yeah. Point yeah. of view. One idea yeah. of God. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like you know the whole point of AA and any other twelve step programs is like you develop your own concept of a higher power and you develop your own concept of a God. Sure. So it's just like yeah. cool. I'm just gonna make up whatever the fuck I want to. Yeah. And make that and make that work for me. Yeah. And but having that approach, I have this perspective now of like stand up is an act of service. Like I've always looked at it like that. Yeah. I feel like the mm-hmm. the best comics do. They're like, I want to make this room laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's kind of for me, it's also for them. Right. right. I'm right. sure to bring yeah. joy to these people. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a connection. That's yeah. what we're all after. And that's why like, the biggest thing that always bothered me with like L.A. open mics is you get these selfish people who I'm like, why are you doing this? Do oh, you sure. Yeah. Or the room killer people. You know yeah. what I mean? People yeah. are just like, I'm, I'm going to say some crazy like stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. saying what the, the, the stuff that matters, man. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. There's really a difference. Not. Yeah, there's a difference between like being contrarian and, right. and it, just to be contrarian. Or being can like having an opinion that you understand that the, like yeah. it's understand and well thought out that yeah. is not necessarily the normal opinion yeah. to have. Right. I think, has, I think that's why people who are contrarian for the sake of contrarian, those people always bomb because like subconsciously the audience goes, This guy's full of shit. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah. people who really like, No, I feel this. Yeah. Even if it's messed up, yeah. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. The depth always depth and sincerity better. tends exactly. to come out. Yeah. And I guess what I meant really by the contrarian point is persona. I feel like when you have your persona or as you're developing your persona, yeah. it becomes more believable, uh, more relatable when you do state a contrary opinion to what's popular, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Well, I think as long it, as you believe it, as long as you believe it. Yeah. 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 Like that's the, the thing that I, especially from roast battle, right? Mm. Roast battle is the thing that the the show that from the furthest of like my what I desire right is right. like if I'm if I spent so much of my life trying to get people to like me roast battle is not the show yeah. to do that because roast battle yeah. is literally just saying the meanest things you can yeah. possibly think of I think it's why I've never given it a go or done a roast because I'm like uh, I don't really mean to anybody like, right but you still have to be likable for it to land right I mean yeah, kind of but there's now, but now the show's evolved to this point where it's, it's almost like pro wrestling, where like yeah. there are people who are playing parts oh, right, right. Yeah, within that, absolutely, and it's it's a even more condensed down version of what stand up can be, right? Because right. it's like the stand up of it, but also you're playing a character. It, but it, I don't know. Like I said, it's like it's condensed. Mm-hmm. You know, right. people, I, people have always who've done both. They always say that like regular stand up 
and doing a roast battle. Regular stand-up, like, the high you get from having a good set, it's just like, oh, this is great. Right. But the, yeah. the high you get from, like, killing in a roast battle, it's, it's oh. <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you suck dick behind a dumpster for, you know? It's for that. That's uh, what you put that mouth to work it. for in the Hollywood <laughs> way. Right, right. There you go. But that's the thing. It's like, if I spent my whole life doing the thing that, I would want people to like me and not have a bad opinion of me. Yeah. I probably would have never stepped into roast battle. Sure. Right. I would have been too afraid. I would have been too worried. And I would have probably hung out with people who would be like talking shit about roast battle and people running jokes at roast at open mics instead of like actually, oh, I'm going to go write. They recognize like, oh, these people are writing new jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trying them out. It might not be like jokes that they're ever going to use again outside of this battle, but it's like, yeah, they're. I understand the work that you're doing. Yeah, they're exercising a very important muscle. Right. Yeah. But I would have been the person who is shitting on that. Right. Just because I'm like, yeah, this is. You think kind of while being envious of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. So where have you landed on God now? What is your spiritual or religious outlook? Well, I yeah. don't really. I don't have a fight to pick with religion anymore. At, at least individual people. Oh come on! No, I'm just I kidding. try. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tr- I try to look at people as individuals and not as a group because that because like really I have a problem with that's exhausting though. Religion is a big <laughs> thing. Yeah, broad generalizations. That's <laughs> so much easier. Sweeping assumptions. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so easy to say. It's so easy. Ah <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. These Christians. I was going to say. Oh, these you Muslims, went with those. White, All right. I don't want to be that much of a villain yet. These Baha'i faith people. What can I? What can I make fun of? The Hari Krishnas. These, yeah, go for it. No. These Jehovah's Witnesses. There you go. Um, you can pick on my people. Go for the Mormons. No. Oh, whatever. You Mormons. Yeah. You pesky Mormons. These <laughs> filthy Mennonites. <laughs> fucking up our communities with their sorghum mills and their beards. Um, yeah, no, but, I understand you're not out to get anybody, but I, I, I don't like religion, but I do like the idea that there's something that we can't explain. Sure, that maybe doesn't have like control over any aspect of our lives. Okay, but there's something there that we can't explain that. There, there's just stuff that you just got to give it up to. Interesting. You ever, sure. you ever heard deism? Yeah. Was it since we're familiar? Deism is, is uh, this essentially the idea of God as a watchmaker. Yeah. So the the, the tenet of it is like a lot of the founding fathers were yeah. deists. They, oh, so it's it's old school. Very old <laughs> yeah. school. It's yeah. like so Tom many new Jefferson things popping up. I didn't know if that was something that had to do with crystals. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah. No. <laughs> no. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. You got to be a fourth level Taurus in order to hop into <laughs> deism. <laughs> Your jade you in there. In you? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, got, it's the idea that God yep. is put the, un- like, basically put the universe in motion and then just, right. like, let it go. Right. Okay. And okay. I like yeah, that idea it. from, like, if we're talking from, like, a grand perspective. Sure. So there is no control. There is no, it's almost just, like, let's see what happens. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think that. That seems reasonable. I think that there's, as far as from, like, not just on a macro level, if we're, we're going to boil it down a little bit we're gonna go down the funnel a little bit yeah yeah i think that there's a reason that all of us are here individually and there are things that we can do that put us more in alignment with like the what we should be doing Mm. as people yeah um 
I've this is this is all cribbed from like again like AA text sure and meditation books that I've read uh-huh. and uh, artists way and all of these other things that I've picked up on since being open again to like the idea of a spirit of like of, of a, of a spiritual power. aspect of yeah. my life. Gotcha. And I look at uh, the thing I like in the artist way, which is very 12 steppy. Hmm. If, if nobody's ever done it before, it's, I have not. It talks a lot about like, you should read the Alcoholics Anonymous big book and the Al Anon big. I'm like, oh, this ad- oh, interesting. I had no oh. idea. But it's a lot of it's, uh, there's a lot of parallels. Uh-huh. But the thing that I liked about that, especially when I was developing my concept of a higher power per AA stuff, was like, uh, they, in the book of the artist way, What's her name? Julie Cameron. She says, if you have trouble, like, understanding God, which I did. Sure. Don't look at it as anything big. Just look at it as the path. And uh-huh. if you feel drawn to, like, the path, that's the direction. It's good, mm. orderly direction. Got it. So that's mm. the way I kind of look at it. It's like, if I feel like I'm doing, if I feel like I'm drawn towards something where I'm, like, helping people out right. and not being a shithead, then I'm going Towards God. Right, right, you know, right, right. Acronym style. Right. Um, and if I'm doing something where I don't feel in alignment with that, then it's like, oh, I should probably course correct. Yeah. Because I don't think we don't have free will. I don't think – I think that that's silly. I think we totally do have free will. Right. But there's, you know, ways you can fuck up your life. Sure. And I yeah. think not following – the thing that you feel drawn to and the thing that like you feel fit, like you feel like you're supposed to be doing yeah. this thing yeah. instead of making a conscious choice to not do that thing. I think that is interesting. That's how I perceive God to interact in everyday yeah. life. Yeah. Which seems like a parallel to your own self discovery mm-hmm. of like, I don't want to be a people pleaser always. Right. You know, I want to do what I find good, and if that makes other people happy, that's even better. Exactly. Yeah. I don't have to worry. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a chameleon. I think that's the end of the yeah. day. Is like really mm-hmm. what it is. It's like yeah. I. I don't get the joy out of changing who I am constantly to like fit right. other people's needs. Right. I would rather just be me, and then if the people like that, cool. If yeah. they don't, then that's also fine. Like, it yeah. It might hurt my feelings a little bit, <laughs> sure. But it's not right. that big of a fucking deal at the end of the day. Yeah, like, they're not really hurting me as a person, and they're right. not hurting my chances to do anything. Right. Which is the other thing I like about stand up is that no one can yeah. make you quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though many should. Even though many no. should. <laughs> for yeah, sure. No, but that is a perfect summary. <laughs> it's a perfect summary of what makes stand up so beautiful mm-hmm. and, and personal at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, fun. I mean, just from my experience at uh, the Fourth Wall NoHo working there. Um, I would say the shit people sometimes make me a better stand-up. You know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you need terrible to see what's good. Yeah, yes. yeah, to appreciate. Or just be like, wow, yeah. I can't believe someone thought to do something that was that bad. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. Never gonna, I'm never going to do that. Huh. We're all grateful yeah. for them. I could never. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of jokes. There's sometimes people tell a joke that you're like, man, I wish I thought of that. And yeah. then sometimes right. people tell a joke, they're like, oh, I'm so glad I never thought of that. Yeah. 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 Or I thought of it and never did it. Yep. Yeah. You know? Like, I've I'm had glad my gut of... instinct to not ever say those words <laughs> yeah. was correct. Yeah. God's yeah. just your gut. Yeah. God and gut. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Jay. I want to give you one chance to ask me a question about Mormonism if you've. Uh, at Ooh, all yeah. thought about it I, I like or if you have man, any I haven't bones thought about to pick Mormonism with in a while yeah um, and then we'll let you plug what's all the, the stuff what's the deal you with plug. Mormonism 
Is that what you did on the soundboard? No, that was just me. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good drop. I want to have that. That's going to be your new end segment. That's fun. What's the deal with mom in it? <laughs> yeah, that's the new segment. That's, that's the new segment. Seinfeld. I okay. love it. I'm. I'm going to ask you this because I don't. This is one of the things about Mormonism that I don't really know about. Sure. Everybody talks about Mormons having multiple wives. Oh yeah. What's the basis What's for the that? Deal with that. What's the deal, What's with, the deal with all these wives? Uh, and the only reason I would yeah. say it comes up because I saw that they're trying to decriminalize it. Again yeah, in I just Utah. saw this article. Yeah. yeah. Who's trying to? Thank goodness. I the mean, Utah legislature. The Mormons. Oh well. The, the, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't know if there was like a like a sect in Mormonism that are like, we need more witches. They're the is, cool Mormons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. The dope young. The Mormons, Mormons who are right. fucking. <laughs> it's just polyamorous. Mormons and they're like, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, let's yeah. change our polycules into. Yeah, because you guys I think are super anti premarital. So. I think yeah. it's the police. Let's department. get all in our special underwear together. <laughs> I think it's the police department in Utah. I mean, like, we are sick of chasing these people. Let's just legalize it and call it good. Uh, the basis. I mean, so from my religious standpoint, currently no longer practiced in mainstream Latter Day Saint faith. Right, and it hasn't been for I don't know. Hundreds of years. Yeah. You only Long hear time. about it in uh, Mormon cults now. Yeah, right, right. 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 It's like sex that went to Mexico, yeah. right? Yeah. But, I mean, in all fairness, you know, Joseph Smith practiced it. Brigham Young pra- yeah, practiced it. A lot of the sort of uh, restoration prophets mm-hmm. practiced it. Uh, and their claim was that God had commanded them to do it, that it was okay. part of. And there are a lot of Latter-day Saint apologists that explain, well, this. there are a few reasons. One was sort of this test of faith, right, this Abrahamic test of faith where these were all from puritan sort of backgrounds uh-huh. these gentlemen right yeah right. instead of killing your son it's fucking another take woman. another woman yeah yeah Crazy. and see how that works out huh so there's that theory right okay. that apologist line the other is this idea of population growth that, yeah, that was the thing that, that came Mormons to mind. needed more people. Yeah, so genetic variants and stuff like that. And then there's this more spiritual yeah. side of it where our uh, heaven and exaltation, sort of the highest right level of heaven, is achieved only through marriage, mm-hmm. and that there were their understanding of the restored gospel was that you had to be married in order to make it there, and so when there were women who were single sisters or their husbands had already passed away without going through the sealing ceremony. Mm. They said, well, let's just cover our bases and we'll perform these marriages so that they have access to it Okay, in the afterlife. Interesting. So those are sort of the theories as to why it was... What's the sealing process? Why it was done. That's what we do in our temples. It's, okay. it's coupled with marriage. So we perform okay. a marriage in our temple. Right. And then along with that ceremony, we go through what we call a, seal, a ceiling. Also known as a filling the hole ceremony. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask yeah, yeah. Marriage, baby. Yeah. Op- opposite of stuff. the roof. Opposite of the <laughs> or the floor. The floor ceremony. So the ceiling. Ceremony. Yeah. And that seems like it's sort of all, because I've heard the other, th- the, the uh, baptizing babies in Mormon Right? Is that oh, a thing? No, no, we I don't baptize christened. babies. That was uh, like unbaptized yeah. babies or something, or I don't even know what I'm. Thinking no, we baptize Catholics eight year olds and up. Babies. Yeah, oh, okay. ca- Catholics baptize. That's babies. who it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And okay. Pentecostals sprinkling on the I got, forehead. I got, no, I got okay. baptized as baby. I'm thinking not. I'm thinking baptizing 
but uh, we unbaptized children or like converting them after the fact. To we something. baptize for the dead. That's, That's probably what the it weird is. That's thing. what I'm thinking oh. of. You're thinking of dead babies. You just <laughs> yeah. like dead people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't restrict it to just babies. Yeah. Well, who, why yeah. would you? That's discriminatory. No. I mean, we tried to baptize a bunch of Jews, the Holocaust victims, and got in trouble from the Jewish Church about that. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we had to stop doing it. Anyway, for for Holocaust victims. Fun facts. Yeah. So Fun clearly Holocaust the Jews facts. know that what we do is real. That's the way I think right. we should take it. Yeah, you're born. Yeah. Scoreboard. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so that's that's the short answer. Okay. Uh, I mean, the real claim to fame, right, is that Solomon practiced it, right? A lot of biblical prophets practiced polygamy. Yep. Sounds um, about right. So it's sort of like, well, it's not out of left field that Joseph Smith would have thought about this. And wondered about it. Okay. But anyway, that's the deal. That's that is yeah. a very good answer. Yeah. That's Thank you. The so there you go. <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> I love this. I love this segment. <laughs> Anything you want to plug, Jay, before we close out here? You This could... will release in probably a couple weeks. Just okay, so cool. Know. Um well I have uh social medias that have all like show dates and stuff. Uh, at Diet J on Twitter and Instagram. Beautiful. And I have an album coming out soon. Release date, oh. still figuring what that out. What kind of music do you? Oh, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I actually had somebody be the other day, they were like, I didn't know you played guitar. And I'm like, no. <laughs> God it's stand-up <laughs> comedy. Uh, but it's a fun album. Yeah. Stand-up Roast Battles nice. on there. I've got some sketches on there. Uh, Coach T from Roast Battle produced it. So that'll be coming oh, cool. out soon. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled on the socials for that. And then I have a podcast called Blockbusting. Excellent. It's, you can listen to wherever podcasts are found if you like movies. You like hearing people talk about why they don't like movies. (laughs) There you go. Very fun. Very fun podcast. Good. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Anything you got going on, Travis? Uh, My 30th birthday is March 21st. If this comes out before then, and I think at the Fourth Wall Cafe, I was going to do 30 on my 30. Hey, that's fun. There you go. And I will be hammered. (laughs) I don't think it'll be a productive 30 minutes. Hey. Do you want me to film it for you and send it to you? Yeah, exactly. You mean blackmail me? I, I will say this. Maybe? The, the one, I didn't even cover this. The one set that I did that was like, oh, I'm going to keep doing comedy forever after oh, this. Oh, yeah. I did on the beach in France. I was there as oh, like wow. an internship. Jeez. And I was, everybody at the end of my program, I was like, they were like, you do stand up, do stand up. And I was like, nah. And then I did stand I was like, I'm going to do stand up. Yeah. And I was super hammered. Yeah, yeah. And I did like 15 minutes on the beach, and everybody was like, it was great. And I was like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then a couple of years later, if somebody, I found somebody had taped it, and I'm literally like incomprehensible. You cannot understand a <laughs> no goddamn shit. word I'm saying. That's amazing. So That's hilarious. Th- it could happen to you. There, there you yeah. go. We'll see. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Jay. Really appreciate coming out. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll uh, catch you next week. <laughs>